my name's Joni, along with my husband John, we lead this church. It's our privilege and our honor. So tonight, I'd love to speak to you about the second part of our 2020 vision series. Part two is gonna be all about culture. Before I start with culture, I just want to reiterate what John said last week, and it was regarding the vision of home. First, the idea that God is home, the vision of our church as a home, and the vision that we want to create a home for the city by creating rooms in our city so that there's room enough for people to encounter and meet Jesus. And all of this originates from Jesus, from our relationship with him, our personal journey of discipleship. This isn't a vision tickless necessarily. It's not necessarily linear in that we're not looking to tick off steps one and two before we encounter steps three. It's more about naturally occurring rhythms. And essentially, we believe that as people are changed by Jesus in their personal discipleship and live this mission out in community, then they will organically start to see this materialize as a vision. In addition, we believe that in our time and in our season, that the church has to be known for what it's for instead of what it's against. We want God's story and the story of this church to be the one that Hull hears. And we believe that the story of our home with the power of the Holy Spirit can rewrite the story of our city. I wanted to share with you all what our hopes are in the setting of culture at Hull Vineyard. We feel that it's crucial that we communicate what our dreams and hopes are for the culture here so that we're all pulling in the same direction. So culture, it's the who we are, it's the what it's like around here, what we're known for. It's the outworking from the very smallest of the details to the bigger decisions. What people should feel and experience when they're here at home. So the first area I want to speak on is a culture to serve. We want to be known as a people who serve our community, our home, our church, our families, our spheres. Maybe this looks like our welcome team, as they did this morning, sporting golf umbrellas, welcoming people into shelter. Or maybe this looks like asking that new mum if she would like you to go get her a hot drink as she holds a newborn. This looks like a proactive people. You see a need and you find a solution. Someone needs a swap on a rotor. Don't delay that email or text if you can. See if you can help. We're looking for proactive family members who will start finding a solution before others have even realized there's a problem. To serve one another is that sense of preference for one another, eager to serve each other in love, equally and radically serving our community, our city, the poor, our colleagues, the marginalized, our friends, the hurting, our neighbors, just the same. The living out of the principle that nothing is too much an ask in us serving others. This can be as simple as noticing that the toilet roll needs replacing or finding tissues to clear up a spillage in the cafe instead of just hoping someone else will do it. Of course, these are just light-hearted examples of what naturally flows out of a servant's heart. And we will always expect our leaders to set a culture of serving. Now, if you've been around the vineyard for any amount of time, then you'll know that we would always say that leadership and serving go hand in hand. 
we will always continue to serve from a place of preferring others in mercy and love. Next, I'd like to speak on a culture that is inclusive. We live with a warm welcome in our church, in our home groups, in our day-to-day lives. We walk in that welcome. We see a new face at church, and we go and say hello, introducing ourselves. We want to be known as a people who are genuinely interested in the lives of others, looking to help others in our community, looking for opportunities to bless others and to encourage and help them. Often in church, we're a bit of a motley crew, and it's by design from God. We are not at all alike. And we will have people from every walk of life, from every stage of life, from every socioeconomic status, people from differing cultures, from those who like the things you do and have a lot in common with you, to those who quite frankly annoy you (laughs) and are not at all like you. That is the beauty of church. It is by design from God. We want Whole Vineyard to be a place where we will leave our comfortable, familiar circles and engage with everyone. If everyone gets to play, then everyone has to feel welcome to the playground. For us, a major hallmark of our inclusivity and a principle of the kingdom, especially in our time, is hospitality. As we speak into this vision of home and of creating rooms in our city, it is the idea that church is our home. And in that, we must make sure that the figurative porch light is always left on. To quote Rosario Butterfield, the gospel comes with a house key. Next, I'd like to speak on a culture that's generous. We want to be known as people who are known for our generosity, radical generosity with our time, our money, our attention, our effort. We give away our very best. And yes, this looks like sacrifice, helping to move that member of your home group into their new home sacrificially giving to the church. Maybe for you, a challenge can be to reevaluate your giving on an annual basis, looking where budgets can be cut in order to be more generous. It's that giving of our attention. Someone comes your way for a conversation and it means taking the time to really listen, really hear what they're saying, to engage with them. But we have to give generously of our attention. Are you introverts just cringed a little bit? Me too. Um, But, you know, we have got to interact with those people because we never know how much they need that human interaction, how desperately they need that chat. It's the giving of our efforts. When we say we'll show up, we do, and we stay until it's done excellently. We want to be known as a radically generous people not just in our church and church community, but also in our world. Spontaneously generous, actively looking for opportunities to bless others, being intentionally generous, planning ahead money in the budget with no other name than to be used for the unexpected opportunities to bless someone. We need margin in order to do this, and so that comes with good stewardship and planning. But again, this is not simply financial. This is your time, your effort, your attention, etc. Prayerfully asking God, who is he giving you an opportunity to be generous to? 
I'd like to next speak on an honor, a culture of honor. And we want to be known as a people of honor. People who live with integrity and who honor others. We want to be known as people who embrace honor for our leaders, for our church, our community, our spouses, our bosses, our children, but also for ourselves. And what I mean by that is we honor ourselves by setting in place good boundaries. This looks like good timekeeping. Again, being where we say we'll be at the time we say we'll be there. This looks like living with godly character and holiness. This looks like dealing with conflict and confrontation in a healthy way, remaining respectful in word and action. Responding, not reacting. Disengaging with unhealthy and ungodly interactions. Allocating appropriate access to you and all your family, depending on who you're dealing with, and setting those clear boundaries with your home life, and with holiday times, for example. Next, we want to be known as a creative people who function in our God-given creativity. We want to create an atmosphere that fosters these giftings. And maybe you're right there with me and you think, yep, that's me, I'm very creative, I like it. Or maybe you're thinking, nah, I don't consider myself creative at all. And I'd like to put to you that creativity takes on many different forms. Yes, it can be the arts, or music, or writing, poetry maybe, but maybe you're great with your hands. Maybe you like to build, maybe you have a natural gifting at design or DIY. Maybe you're wonderful with numbers. You see solutions in creative ways to problems that others just cannot. Or maybe you find creative solutions to everyday space and logistical issues. You're just wired that way and your brain sees these solutions or others just see roadblocks. We want to develop a creative people who are not afraid to try. And yes, get it wrong sometimes, but also in the going after it, whatever it is, that you succeed. And we want to encourage that. We want to encourage bold dreams, vision which requires a God amount of faith to achieve. And we've only just scratched the surface of what God has for us at Hull Vineyard. We are excited for all that God wants to birth in us, for this city and for these people. Yes, we want the old liturgies, but we want to create the new. From entrepreneurship, to songwriting, to spontaneous, unplanned, creative things. Things birthed in the spirit, outworked in the natural. This is our commitment to leaning in always to see where the wind of the spirit is blowing, in our longing to see a contemporary church impact in our city. Next, I'd like to speak on a culture that's healthy. We want to be known as people who are living in a good, healthy balance. We live with a good margin. We've got good boundaries, good rhythms. We are emotionally aware and mature. We're spiritually awake. This doesn't mean that we have struggle-free lives. This doesn't mean that it will always be completely fun all the time, but we do want to be known as a people who aren't all working no play. We want to celebrate each other's wins and encourage one another. We want to be known as people who meet over food and fun and socialize, who enjoy fellowship, 
doing life together in the fun bits too. We don't half like a party, and we want to be the people who live in that healthy balance. We passionately believe that healthy things will grow, and we want to see us as a people who look after themselves and each other well so that we are poised for this grace. In order for us to be a people who transform this city by the power and love of Jesus, we must be at least aware and working on our own personal health, be that physical or emotional, mental or spiritual. Next, I'd love to speak on a culture of excellence. We want to be known as a people who do things really well. We want to be known as a place that doesn't cut corners, doesn't look for the easiest and cheapest option at the expense of morals and ethics. We want to be a place where people can invite their world and know that they will get a warm, quality welcome, not a shoddy cold cup of coffee, just for instance. We cannot wow them with the stuff without the spirit, but we also have to be at least as good as any other place offers them in our society. We want to be good stewards of what God entrusts us, but God's not broke. The things we value, we put budget behind, and they are always carefully considered. We want to make sure that that spirit of excellence will show up from the tiniest detail to the very biggest, because we want it in our DNA. It's who we are. We do our best. We don't cut corners, and we love people excellently. We want this excellence to be known in our worship. We want heart over skill any day. But we certainly don't intend for our musicians to neglect their gifting. We would expect them to have such passion for worship that they naturally find themselves devoting time and attention to honing their craft. It's what they love to do. Being aware of what is out there and what is relevant, certainly not that we intend to mimic it, but we also don't intend to bury our head in the sand as new technologies are available, new ideas, new songs, new ways of doing things, etc. And the result of this is a means to an end, to allow a space, a room, if you will, where people can encounter Jesus in intimacy through worship. When we talk about excellence, we don't mean perfection. We do not mean a worship set which has no musical errors as such. But what we mean is that we strive to give God our very best in our worship. That we take the time to create our worship sets thoughtfully. That we make sure we're all ready as a team to worship and that we all give our very best for God. We want it to be apparent that we value worship. And because we value it, we want to offer excellence in our worship. We could be here all day on that. And in so many other examples where we seek out excellence, so I'll keep going. Let me paint a picture. Think of a dinner party. And you've got some very important guests, people you love, and you really want to treat and spoil them. You'd go all out if you could. You'd not look for the leftovers. You'd probably sit down. You'd plan your meal carefully and shop around for the best deal. You'd look locally, even if it might cost another pound or two, because you value local business and you care where your money goes. You'd be thinking of the cooking of the meal, of the place setting, of the house. Is it too cold or too warm? Is it too bright, too loud? Is it welcoming? Do your guests have needs you need to consider? 
Will they enjoy their meal? What about conversation? Do you need to catch up with them on their news? Any highlights to chat about? And the meal. You'd keep their drink topped up. You'd clear the plates. You would take the initiative. You'd intently listen to them. And you'd warmly see them off home. Now, all of this is just an example, but that spirit of excellence would be seen in the detail. From the hoovered floor, to the clean toilet, to the folded napkin, and the choice meal served. And we want to treat every single person as if they are our VIPs. From the lady that delivers the post to this building, to the respected speaker to come to the conference, and everyone in between. In all of our best efforts to do things excellently, we want you to know that we will never ever prioritize systems and structure over people and relationships. That comes first, and the rest will follow. There are many different ways to do a task and do it well, but the relationship with people, how you interact with them, if you listen, how you communicate with them, will always matter more. We're all different parts of the same body, not just different cogs in a machine. The next area I'd like to speak on is a culture of growth. We want to be known as a people who are growing and not stagnant. People who are becoming more like Jesus, which requires relationship, trust, and transparency. These are required so that others can speak into our lives. Help us to see around some corners and call us on our stuff. Equally, they spur us on. They call out the best in us. They refuse to let us stagnate. And we want Whole Vineyard to be a place where you cannot hang around long and remain unknown, hidden, left to go cold and stagnant. We want bold people who will love radically and speak the truth in love within relationship and discipleship. We also want to be known for our individual spiritual growth in that we're continually seeking to grow spiritually and are self-fueled in this. And this might look like our regular rhythms with God in our day-to-day -day life, down to the small details like showing up to our various groups and meetings with our Bible and notebook in hand. Adversity will come in life, of that we're promised. But if we haven't taken the time to learn the rhythms of digging our own spiritual wells, then when the adversity does come, it's all too frequent that people really become unstuck. You know, we want to acknowledge that growth is a journey. We recognize that some growth happens rather quickly, while other growth is a process, a journey. This growth takes time, and we're not looking to hurry up the process to get to the end result quicker. We would much rather let growth really settle in, really take root, than a growth that just comes in fits and bursts and lacks maturity, and therefore won't weather life storms. We believe that God has called us to have a growing culture of multiplication. But for us, that will always begin with focusing on the one. This will result in an impact on many lives, but that originated with our focus, our efforts, our attention, and our discipling of the one. Next, I want to speak on a culture which is naturally supernatural. We want to be known as a people who live in this normality, 
where we normalize the activity of the Holy Spirit and we see the kingdom breaking into our everyday, where we see the manifest presence of God, his tangible presence as you walk through our doors, a people who see healings, who live and walk in the prophetic and who see others set free. Yes, we love those solemn moments gathered together here where God's presence is so tangible and his kingdom breaks in. But I just know that he's longing to see us walk in that natural, supernatural way every day amongst our busy lives and wherever we naturally find ourselves, week in and week out. The broken and hurting are everywhere among us in the city, and we must go to them. We are a kingdom people, always expectant for God to break in with signs and wonders and his power. We get to do the stuff in church among us, but more importantly, outside the four walls of the church. We believe that prayer is so important in fostering a supernatural environment. Hunger and dependence on God matched with radical risk are musts to see the kingdom break in in greater measure. I'd love to talk about creating a culture that is fun. Touched on a little bit earlier, but we want to be known as a people of joy, people who enjoy fun. We have a good time. We're not stuffy or rigid or out of touch with our city and our culture. And whilst we will never compromise on our standards, we reach out and are relevant. We offer Jesus to others in the most accessible of ways. And that takes some creativity sometimes. We're up for that. We want others to see us not only as a place of hope, but as a people of joy. We carry this light with us. And we are a people who live with joy, gladness, a lightness, if you will, amongst a society who are not used to a church being fun. We want to be known as the place with the most fun parties, our bonfire, our alphas, our baptisms and our dedications, etc. Or maybe just a party for no other reason than we just want to get together, fostering a fun, healthy community. In each of these areas, we see them as just reflections on our home. This idea of home here for our family what our home looks like, feels like, sounds like. Our home is where we come to do many things. And as you come to church, we want to say, come, come home. Come as you are. Home is a place where we relate, grow, refresh, heal up, retreat, help others, learn, worship, belong, and more, so much more. And just as in families, we are in this for good. There will be mess, and there will be fun. There will be memories. There will be shared pain and celebration. We will all learn, and we will all be growing. Building on the wonderful foundations laid for us, and growing as we reach our city with the love of Jesus. And the thing about culture is that it's reflecting our practices, not just in our beliefs. So as we go forward, as things shift over time, you will be able to follow each thing we do back to the hallmark of the culture here at Hall Vineyard. 
And it's very important that you can be able to do this so that you can be sure that any expectations we have or any ministries that are catalyzed aren't arbitrary, that they aren't haphazard, but that they are strategic, that they are intentional, and that they are in keeping with the vision and culture. So next week, we're going to be doing a number of things. We're going to be introducing some team to you guys. We're going to have a few people come and share their hearts. John's going to come, and he's going to speak about what this vision and culture looks like year one. And in regards to emphasis and practical things, we love to share some prophetic words that we've personally had over the last, well, years, really. We've been storing up for a while. <laughs> um, pray worship, prophesy together as a church as we all enter this new season.